Sport to Song Boxing Podcast. Seconds out. Hello and welcome to round 15 of Sport D Song podcast with myself, Alex LeBox on Twitter and Rob Boxing Shrew. Rob, how are you on round 15? I know, 15 not out, mate. Who who knew? 15 not out. Who knew indeed? And Rob, before we go on with this round 15 of boxing and the Fight Town podcast, you've been on a bit of a special evening, haven't you, with a very special boxer? Yeah, um, I went to an audience with Joe Calzaghe on uh, Saturday night in uh, at the Shrewsbury Town Ground, um, which was a, a yeah double nice evening because that's actually where I go and watch mo- most of my football. So um, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, got to meet him, have a sort of professional photo. He signed um, the autobiography I took with him um, and some funny stories as well. Um, have you ever been to anything like that before? Any sort of sort of audiences with or not? Not in recent uh, times, I haven't known. It is obviously something that, um, you know, it's, it's like you just said, Rob, all of that makes for a very, very yeah. good and special night, yeah. doesn't it? My only gripe was um, it took forever for it to get going. Like they, they told us to get there for half seven. We did. Um, and then by um, he, we, we didn't even get to hear Joe Calzaghe speak until half nine because wow. just they brought dinner out which is fair enough and and then it was auction after auction after auction and um there was a few people starting to get a bit um a bit annoyed because they'd had a few beers and stuff i mean i barely drink but um, there was a fair few who were getting a bit pissed off so we're, but all in all though it was great Kazaki was great value some great impressions fantastic stories and um if ever you get the opportunity to go and do one of these things with him it's uh, yeah it was brilliant Fantastic. And obviously for you as well, Rob, a chance to meet one of your, your favourite boxers. I'm sure you won't mind me saying. He's, he's my favourite British fighter of all time, Hand, hands down. Um, I think him and, and Lennox um, are, are my top two. And um, I just I just love Joe Calzaghe. I thought he was so underappreciated until the back end of his career. And some of his... Um, victories where he was given not a chance were fantastic and some of his other victories like the hopkins one for instance aged beautifully and uh, yeah just just british british goat for me yeah yeah no joe calzaghe um yeah you're completely right in saying that he's he's definitely one of the by far one of the best british boxers to grace the sport of boxing and sport the song listeners we are going to be delving into the latest boxing news uh, in just a moment and we are also going to be treating you to a fight town podcast where we, we will be looking at nielsen boxing and their fight night coming up on saturday night mm. uh 5th of november that should be good fun shouldn't it rob now kicking off with boxing news where should we start um should we start with uh last weekend yes the, the boxing just gone um should we start with katie taylor yeah why not yeah, and what I mean, it was a routine performance from Katie Taylor, really, mm. wasn't it? Um, good to see her active and out, and it was a mandatory, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I've always said that Katie Taylor, the better the opposition, the better she performs. Um, yeah. you know, her best 
performances have been in the toughest fights, um, whether it be the Bassoon fights, um, obviously Serrano, um, Natasha Jonas, that was a fantastic fight as well. Um, yeah, I, and these fights where she comes in, I know the girl was undefeated and fair play, but um, just not on the level. And um, I think Katie Taylor needs needs a big crowd and a tough opponent to, to get the best out of her, I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah, no, I, I, I do agree. And, and you know, we, we've seen that with Katie Taylor over the years. And like you rightly say, you know, you, you put her in with better o- opposition and she ups the game like against uh, Serrano, which was just an absolutely... When you look back at that fight, it was just fantastic, wasn't it? And I think we're all crying out for um, Taylor Serrano too, aren't we? And especially for her to have a homecoming in Ireland. It's just, it's it's written, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think she'll fight there anyway, regardless um, whether they can get Serrano or not. Um, Serrano, I mean, I was actually um, had the privilege of being at the press conference after her last fight, Serrano, and um, and someone asked her about the the prospect of her travelling to Ireland to for the rematch. And you know, a lot of fighters get quite defensive about that sort of question, don't they? Uh, about yeah. having to go into the the backyard of their opponent. But fair play, her and her team, they, they said, um, no, yeah, we'll go to Ireland, no problem. She came to New York and I, so so refreshing. Um, so um, I don't see, unless it, you know, financial, they've got to make it work, haven't they? They have to. Um, 80,000 is a big ask, but um, if anyone could do it in Ireland, it's Katie Taylor. Yeah, and and you say it's a big ask, but we, we, we know that Katie... Katie Taylor in Ireland is absolutely idolised, and um, I'm, mm. I'm I'm sure that fight for boxing fans alone is is just. Absolutely... Do you fancy it? Do you fancy it? Because um, oh, I was thinking about maybe going over and um and and go and watch it if uh, if, if yeah, it's on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I mean, I've got family over there as well, so it'd be uh, a chance to catch up with family as well. So it would sink uh... a Guinness. I think a Guinness or two. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but um, like, like you said, Rob, um, Katie Taylor ups her game, doesn't she? She's 36 now. Are we seeing uh, the decline of Katie Taylor or are we are we just seeing, like you said, it depends who she's up against? Um, Very much the latter. I don't think she's in decline. Um, The only reason I say that is because every time a performance is put down, a bit like at the weekend, she'll go into a bassoon fight, a Jonas fight, a Serrano fight and look a million dollars. Um, so I, I don't think we should write her off yet. I think age is a, is a, is a, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you can be, I mean, what she mid thirties, but you know, she's, she hasn't had 30 or 40 fights, you know? Um, no. Yeah. She had a very long amateur career and she turned pro relatively late, but um, no, I, I certainly wouldn't say she's on the decline just yet. What, what do you think? Um, it, it's hard to judge, but she's certainly put in a great uh, performance against Amanda Serrano. I mean, uh, going back, and if we look back at previous podcasts, I'm sure, and I do remember saying this, I, I, I thought Serrano won the fight. It was very close, wasn't it? I had a draw. Yeah, I had a draw. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if, we're, if we're looking at recent performances, some would perhaps point a finger and say that she's slightly on the decline but like you said the opposition amanda serrano is absolute elite isn't she at the sport you saw that yourself the other week you watched the boxing in the flesh and but again again she she wasn't as good as she was against taylor so maybe they need each other yeah you're right yeah and and i think we're seeing that at the moment in um you know in in the women's boxing where you know we need those big fights don't we and luckily we are getting them now and it's the fruits are there to bear, aren't they? We've seen it recently and it's uh... less bullshit, less politics. Um, 
yeah, I've, I've said before, the, the men's game can can learn a lot from it. Yeah, indeed. And um, any other fights on that bill at all, Rob? Um, got to talk about Jordan Gill and, K- and Kiko, haven't we? Well, Kiko, what I mean, what do we... wow, Kiko Martinez, because the man is just literally. We can talk about who he's fighting, where he's fighting, but just the fact that he's still in there beating these prospects at the moment, it's just, it's something to celebrate, isn't it? Because he's just, he's defying all odds, isn't he? Yeah, and five, five, six years ago, I I thought he was done. Um, You know, he, he, I think Zelfa Barrett beat him, but, you know, there's different opinions on that fight. He he knocked out Kid Galahad and he weren't a prospect, you know, former world champion. Um, He's, He's just like a fine wine, isn't he? He's br- I love him. Absolutely love him. Um, and I believe he's sort of like five or six times European champion now. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, he was calling out Lee Wood then, wasn't he, after after the fight? And um, I'd watch that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just fantastic. I mean, he got found out against Josh Josh Warrington, didn't yes. he? Yes, yeah. Josh Warrington really did a number on him. But equally, you know, it put Josh Warrington out for a, a long period of time, didn't he? I mean, he really yeah. felt effects of Kiko Martinez didn't he? He's done a tour of British boxing Kiko I mean he fought Carl Frampton twice he's fought um, Warrington twice he fought um, obviously Zelfa um, Kid Galahad he fought Scott Quigg amongst others I mean that's just off the top of my head like um, yeah he's he's a he's a a national treasure without the nationality here I think (laughs) yeah and you know I know we celebrate um, Kiko Martinez and rightly so but Touching on Jordan Gill, just, yeah, is, is Kiko Martinez the right person to stick these prospects and people who I know Jordan Gill has, has been in there and had difficult fights, but you know, with someone like Kiko Martinez, we know he's fought at world level, he's fought for world titles. I think he, he even held the world title, he's been a world champion. So, to go in against, uh, you know, put Jordan Gill in there with him, is it? Bad matchmaking, or is I don't it... think so. No, I, I think he had to go in with um with someone like that because he'd he picked obviously he was European champion. Um, he'd had a brilliant win against uh, Griffey earlier in the uh, year with that knockout yeah. out of nowhere. Um, I mean, what what does what's he meant to do? I mean, if he wants to go to world level, um, you're not going to stick him straight in with Warrington or Lee Wood or fucking El Lara, um. You've got to go in against someone who's a seasoned world challenger, former world champion. And I, I mean, there aren't many better names as a gatekeeper than, than Kiko. I mean, it's sink or swim at that that point of your career. You, you're in the European. And um, I mean, um, Jason Cunningham um, found it, didn't he? he? He got to European level, went in against Tete and got banged out. But you, you've got to go in with these guys because you, you've got to find out where you're at. Yeah, and, and you rightly said there, Rob, you mentioned Kiko Martinez as being a bit of a, a gatekeeper and also uh, Zolani uh, Tete. We saw him, uh, like you mentioned, earlier earlier on in the year, that they're sort of acid tests for these um, these this, this sort of level, isn't it? And it's, uh... I think so, yeah. And like I said, it is swing, uh, sink or swim and it's, it's a savage sport and um, I just don't... It, I just don't think Jordan Gill's world level yet. Um, he can come again. And uh, and he will, but at this moment in time, would I stick him in with anyone who's borderline world level right now? Probably not. Yeah, and t- touching on that featherweight division, um, I know we talk about it a lot. It's one of the ones we've focused on, but 
you know, with Lee Wood, Josh Warrington, um, Mick Con Conlon is is came back earlier on in the year, didn't he, and fought really well. It's still a very much a brimming uh, division, not only just in the UK but obviously world level as well, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got Leo Santa Cruz if he'll ever defend his belt again as well. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And plenty of prospects coming through as well. But um, I just want to see them all fight each other. It's like a lot of divisions, but I just don't think you will. Um, Josh Warrington's coming back soon. Um, I think it's his mandatory, isn't it? Um, but again, that's off the back of the injury you were just mentioning against Martinez. Um, Lee Wood's been unfortunate. You got the bogeyman that is Lara that no one seems to want to fight. Yeah. Um, it's good. I just hope they all fight each other, mate. I think Ma- Ma- Mauricio Lara's, you know, at the moment he's my pick of the bunch. I think I, just so great to watch. He's the only one who hasn't won a belt as well. <laughs> I know he's so entertaining to watch, and I and I, I really do. I am rooting for him. Uh, he's, I think he's a very entertaining boxer. But um, any more on the fly uh, featherweight division? I keep saying featherweight and fly. <laughs> No, no. I, I just, I'm just looking forward to seeing how it all pans out over the next six months. Um, when Lee Wood's back and fit, when Warrington's got this mandatory out of the way, they've got to start throwing them in together, and I think they will. I really do. Yeah. Now, another boxer fighting on the weekend, Rob. Uh, I know he's one of your favourites. Is uh, Lomachenko versus Ortiz? Uh, have you had a chance to watch the fight? I have. I thought it was a great fight to watch, but what did you think on the decision? Um, fair, fair. Um, I, I thought it was it was closer than maybe I thought it would be. I, I was probably I'm not being harsh on his opponent there. I think I, I thought that it would be a bit more of a runaway victory than it was. Um, worlds apart though in class, like you just tell that it's, he's still got it. Lomachenko that's gone nowhere. Um, and the time out of the ring he's had has, has made very little difference. Um, I just want to see him in with the big names now. Um, he could go in with, you know, mandatories or I know he's not, obviously he's not got a belt at the minute, but, um, you know, that level of opponent, it does nothing for me. Um, and it does nothing for most fight fans, I suppose. But um, obviously Haney got in the ring afterwards and they had a very civilised chat Um I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. Two of my favourites as well. I know you tried to put me on the spot the other day on Twitter. Don't think I didn't notice that either. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember, this, this is what we're here for. We're here to strike up some uh, good old-fashioned debate in boxing. And uh, mm. I, I know Lemachenko and Haney are two of your favourite boxers. And it looks like both fighters are willing to get this one on. I mean, how on earth do you call that one? Um, Devin Haney, that's how you call it. Really? Yeah, 100%. As much as I like Lomachenko, um, I mean, he, he lost a very narrow fight to Lopez and Haney is twice the fighter of Tiafimo Lopez, with all due respect, um, in my opinion. Um, I just think he's brilliant. There are other fights, I think Styles as well. I just think, yeah, I just can't, I can't see past Haney. There are, there are other fighters in that division who may give Haney more issues, Um just based on styles, uh, not to say they're better than Lomachenko, but uh, I won't rule Lomachenko out. Obviously, you can box the head off anybody, but um, what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, we will move back uh, in a minute, um, listeners, and talk about the Ortez fight, but just touching on on this one very, very quickly, Rob, you know, this is what we want, isn't it? We, we talk about it on the podcast, we talk about people fighting certain people and it being sort of nothing fights, but we want these difficult decisions with Loma versus Haney. You know, it's, it's an elite fight. It's top of that division, isn't it? And yeah. 
I, I just think it almost seems like we're not used to seeing these fights. So we're almost sort of worried about what to say, who's going to win. But we should celebrate it if both boxers are in there willing to get this fight together. You know, I've, I think it's, you know, I, I, I do err towards a Haney victory uh, just based on recent performances. And we've Youth. seen... We, we, we've seen that Lukashenko can have chinks in his armour. You know, we have seen that. So it does make you sort of air towards Haney. But like you so rightly said, Rob, styles are going to make these fights, aren't they? And, and mm. it's going to be a good clash between them two. Yeah, and you mentioned there about these fights happening and them feeling like it's a rare occurrence at the minute. But, um, you know, if you get Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis fighting in the same division as well and in the next six months have those two fights made suddenly you've got two unbelievable fights in the same division and you've still got others floating around you know you've got Shakur Stevenson who's just gone up into that division I mean he's, he's just an unbelievable fighter who's going to be in the mix as well so I've got big hopes for next year for that division <laughs> but and that scares me because we usually when i have hopes of a fight happening it usually doesn't happen but we'll see you're building it up rob now um I, we, I did have a chat uh yesterday with yogi um who's a friend of the podcast um and also has a very good podcast and twitter spaces of her own mm -hmm. twitter um she she believes that Ortiz pretty much won that fight you know, she she said that the in in the early rounds he dominated. Lomachenko was too slow to sort of come out of of you know out of hiding. And from watching the beginning of the fight, I mean, Ortez is a great prospect, isn't he? And he did look very good. He looked sharp. He looked quick. He looked almost like a blueprint of sort of not not Devin Haney, but that style of elite fighter. He's definitely a prospect, isn't he? Yeah, and, and that's the key thing. I think he ran out of ideas. He started well, um, but once Lama got into his groove, I, I, he couldn't handle it as as well. And like I said, he only really had a plan A, and that was to come out fast um, and pick up a couple of the early rounds. But yeah, I just um, I just feel like he ran out of ideas a little bit. I, I don't know if, what you think. Uh, what do you, Yeah, what do you think of it? I mean, he is a good prospect, but I just don't think he had a plan yeah. B. I, I must say, I, I was I was very impressed with him. I, I I thought he looked he looked the real deal, but he just seemed he got worked out by Lomachenko by about round five, mm -hmm. and then Lomachenko just took over. He he's um, knowledge of the ring. Uh, he's he's sort of you know smothering style, and you know his his ability to find those sort of power shots in the in in the round. Mm. Um, won him the fight. I believe he won the fight. There's yeah, no yeah. But, but like I said, it was closer than I thought it would be. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, testament to him. Yeah, and that that's what I was going to say. Testament to Ortiz because you know he will come again. He's just you know he's got in the ring with one of the best we've got in the sport at the moment, and we've yeah. seen that for many years. So uh, yeah, he's just come up against. Uh, slightly too big a challenge here hasn't he but i think yeah. he'll come again of course he will absolutely and it's a good division for him to do it as well um why not ortiz and cambosos next that'd be a good fight that would be a fantastic fight yeah um i wouldn't be able to call it um but yeah you are right rob that would be a, a great fight for ortiz and it's good to, for him to get mixed now isn't it he's yeah Aims out there, people are looking up to him now, seeing that he's got the ability, and it's a chance for him now to really push on, isn't it? Yeah, make a lot of money as well in that division. Yeah, indeed. Um, any other fights from that particular uh, weekend at all, Rob? No, I, th I think we're good. 
Excellent. Now let's look ahead to this weekend. There's a big card taking place. I believe it is with Matchroom Boxing. And a name that has become very familiar to boxing fans, uh, his last scalp is Dimitri Bivol. Yeah. Again, uh, this time, well, not, sorry, again, at the light heavy uh, division against uh, Ramirez, who's a very interesting character indeed, isn't he? Yeah. Beast of a record as well. Um, 44 and 0. I mean, yeah. don't quote me on it, but that's got to be one of the longer unbeaten runs in world boxing at the minute. Um, Bivol, I, I, I don't see past Bivol, even though um, Ramirez has such a good record. Massive at the weight. I mean, how he ever made super middle for all that time, I, I'll never know. I, just looking at some of the photos and videos that have been put out this week, he's massive, isn't he, even for a light heavy? Um, and you were you you told me a, an interesting fact earlier about a recent weigh-in as well. Yeah, um, I, I believe in his last fight against... Um, the, the name is Bosal, he fought in his mm. last fight. It's a German fighter. Um, if you watch that, Sport this song, listeners, if you watch that on, on YouTube, or, or indeed if you watched it live, you know... Ramirez does look a lot bigger, and the commentator stated that, yeah, you know, on, on the morning of the fight, he actually weighed in a, a, as a heavyweight. So <laughs> it doesn't surprise me; he's massive. No, so so he was b boxing in that ring against uh, Bosal as as a heavyweight. And I'm telling you now, Rob, if you look back at the clips, it doesn't last long, four rounds, but it's four rounds of sheer dominance and with Ramirez it's not just his frame he is a very accomplished boxer he's got a beautiful style to watch and it's almost like he sort of pins his opponent in the corner and just you know just boxes their heads off and it's he's he's a fun boxer to watch I really like him and I think he's going to cause uh Bivol some issues um like you said Rob I can't see past a Bivol victory but it's going to be one hell of a ride that's all I can say yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, I just, I, I would, I don't think Bivol stops him. I really don't. Um, I would go prediction, unanimous decision. I think um, maybe by three or four rounds. I, 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 I think this fight is going to be an absolute bloodbath. I think, I, I actually think they're going to take chunks of each other. Yeah. This Ramirez is used to winning. He's used to dominating that ring. He is not going to give up the centre of that ring easy to Bivol. It's, mate. I, I honestly think it's going to be a real blockbuster of a fight. Um, mm. But but you know Ramirez, he, he, there's an analogy here which I, I, I'm not sure you'll you'll agree with. But he's for this lightweight uh, light heavyweight division. He reminds me a bit of Joe Joyce. And what I mean. Sure, what I mean by that is he's just sitting just back from the top of the division and he's a problem. Mm. And, and, and Joe Joyce is similar to that, isn't he, in the heavyweight division? No, we, we know that Joe Joyce can get in there and cause, cause all of the top heavyweights a, a problem. And I, I, I've watching Ramirez, I think he's the same in the light heavyweight division. Yeah, I think so. I mean... Yeah, this guy's no mug either. He was a world champion in um, a, a super middle as well. Um, it was only his size that dictated that he'd have to move up. Um, maintained his unbeaten record. Doesn't know what it's like to lose. And um, I don't think he's expecting to lose on Saturday night either. So, And, and how we got down to super middle, I have... It just blows my mind. It was only a couple of years ago as well. 
Yeah, maybe the less we say about that, the better in in this current climate. Unfortunately, yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be good. Um, be a decent time for sort of British watchers as well. Uh, you know, normally when a fight's in the Middle East, it's a little bit earlier than we we'd usually watch it. I don't know, nine, ten, ten o'clock. So, um, you know, good time for for the Brits to watch as well. Yeah, no, fantastic. And also on the bill, Rob, uh, we've got. Uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce his his first name, but uh, Savkat Rakimov. Yeah, Rakimov. Yeah. Correct. Uh, this is an interesting fight on on quite a few levels, isn't it? Because mm. uh, it's uh, Joe Caldina's title, which he had to relinquish. Uh, mm-hmm. Up for grabs, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Rakimov obviously took step aside, um, so Cordina could fight Agawa. Um, that happened. Cordina picked up the belt. Obviously, we know what happened there. Um, with a view to within ninety days negotiating with Rakimov. Now, I think we mentioned this before. As harsh as it was on Cordina, it was fair contractually, um, and that leaves Alpha Barrett with um, a shot at a shot at the IBF um, for vacant IBF that Rakimov was in line for anyway. So, I think the winner will be obliged to fight Joe Cordina. I might be right on that. I don't know about whether about straight away, but once he's fit, um, it's a great fight. Um, Rakimov has been talked about, you know, ever since his amateur days, very, very skillful fighter. Um, and I think he beats Elfa Barrett as well. Um, and I, I, it's a funny one because obviously I'd like Elfa Barrett to win as the Brit, but I think it would only feel right if Rakimov wins on Saturday night, then fights Cordina in the fight that should have happened anyway. Um, for Cordina try, to try and get back the, the title that he never lost in the ring. Yeah, and and j- just touching on uh, Zelfa Barrett, I mean... Love he, him, yeah, yeah. He, he's so nice to watch, isn't he? I mean, yeah. Beautiful style about him. Uh, very rangy, ac- accurate and, and... Quick. He's very quick and he's just... Um, you know, I, like you said, I hope that the Brit can go there and... Uh, and get the belt. You know, would it be likely he would fight Joe Cordina if if he was to win? I, I believe he's required to. So, um, I mean, Joe Cordina is. I mean, I don't know if they've put him as champion in recess, but um, from from what I read and what I hear, um, he will fight the winner if he's fit at the time. Wow. So that could be interesting. Now, Sport this song listeners, we are going to look at uh, the rest of the card on Matchroom coming up this weekend and we're also going to take a little delve into what's coming up later on in the year after that we will be going to the fight town podcast to look at nielsen boxing with their fight night coming up on the 5th of november won't we rob and we've got some interesting boxers coming on to talk to as well aren't we just a little bit yeah (laughs) it's a lot of great characters Exactly, a lot of fun coming up in the show. Um, Rob, the rest of the match from card, I think we've got the, is it the uh, your Fire Brothers fighting? Yeah, not each other though. <laughs> no. Um, no, um, obviously Galal, um, Galal. I, I love Galal, your Fire. I think he's, um, I think he'll be world champion in the next five fights before he even gets to 10 and 0. Um, he's just special. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he was meant to be on the Eubank Ben. Um, notorious card um that got pulled and i believe within a couple of hours he was on the abu dhabi show so um every cloud eh? um yeah, and um and calify is back as well he's he's been quite inactive recently so they're really gonna have another push with him to try and uh you know get another world title um and it's the first time that galala's fought on a on a card with his one of his brothers as well which is nice um 
I know Carl um, and Galau, uh, sorry, Gamal, um, have, have fought on the same card, but Galau hasn't. So, um, so yeah, fam- nice familiar faces for him. There we go. Should be interesting. And with those those brothers fighting on on the weekend, where do we see them going from here with their career? Um, Carl is a is a strange one. I mean, he's gonna have to be moved quite. He's obviously um, further down his career than Galau. Um, whether Carl will get another world title shot, I'm not sure. He's going to need a few impressive performances to be knocking on that door. Uh, Galal, I mean, he, his first fight as a pro was for a WBC minor belt um, and a 10-rounder. But the lad's a joke. Like, he's just so, so talented. And uh, obviously, we saw that in Tokyo, won the gold um, pretty convincingly. And I just think they, they, they made a sort of a tongue-in-cheek comment about moving him Loma style when he first turned pro, about just you know, getting title shots as soon as possible. Yeah. And I, I, I can see that happening. Um, yeah, special kid. Wow, yeah, it should be interesting. Um, so, Rob, any other fights on that bill? Yes, or... yes. Um, another brilliant female fight coming up. We just seem to be, week after week, we seem to be getting them at the minute. Um, Chantal Cameron, um, who's 16 and 0, uh, undisputed. So... Yeah, going into an undisputed fight with Jessica McCaskill at super lightweight. Um, so this is a division above Katie, where Katie Taylor's undisputed. Yeah. Um, which makes you wonder whether there could be a middle ground for a, a fight if the Serrano one doesn't happen. But um, yeah, undisputed. Be, I mean, we could end up with two undisputed um, fighters from Britain and Ireland this weekend. Um, female, obviously, um, you know, we had Josh Taylor before he relinquished his belts as well. So going to be brilliant um mccaskill has has been on a great run since she lost to katie taylor she, she beat cecilia breakhouse twice um, who's a just a legend of the sport um and it's just brilliant to see not just a female fought, fight in that um region but an undisputed women's fight in abu dhabi where yeah you know, we don't really need to go into why that's a big deal um no, but no. um it is a big deal and if you look at you know, Britain has had a an all female card recently, and people thought it was fantastic. I don't think we're quite there in the Middle East yet, but having a you know an undisputed fight between an American and um, and a Brit doesn't half help. No, it does help. Yeah, yeah, you are right, and um, and, and like you said, it, it's just it's it's fantastic to see. And we, I know we say that a lot, and we've said it on a lot of the other podcasts, but it it truly is, isn't it? Yeah, brilliant. And um, I hope Chantel goes and brings it back and i think she stops her yeah no i agree as well i i, I think the same Look, looking on that um there we go we, we again we we agree rob I know. It makes a change happens from time to time <laughs> i've got a bumper podcast this week and rob we are away aren't we for a, a couple of weeks yeah. uh you're, you're you're off on your holidays mm. and we're gonna have a little break before we uh before we approach uh, Christmas, and of course, the the World Cup gets in the way somewhere as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but um, when we're back, it'll soon be the Telford card. We're going to meet up and um, and go to the, the Liam Davis show, aren't we? So that'll be good. But um, yeah, plenty of shows to come up between between now and Christmas. Uh, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's like the boxing world has just suddenly exploded, and we've suddenly got all these shows coming up. And like you said, we're going to re-energize our batteries and come back for the Telford show, and we're going to. Uh, 
we'll, we'll be bringing out some more podcasts um, as well to, to cap off the end of the year now. You were, you were a busy man last week, weren't you? You went to a certain press conference. Tell us about that. Indeed, yes. I was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for the uh, Tyson Fury and Derek Chisora press conference. Yes, I got wrapped up in the moment. <laughs> yes, up in all the people that were around there. It was it was it was great fun to be to be honest with you. It was yeah. nice to be there. Um it it was a big it had that big press conference feel. Mm. Um whatever you say about Tyson Fury versus Derek Chisora, I know it's very easy to knock the fight. Um I mean you can knock the fight, you know, it's it's not what we expected of Tyson Fury, uh, especially where we've been fed the rhetoric that he is actually going to retire from boxing to come back and fight Derek Trezora. A lot's been said this week in the, in, in the media, but you know, he's ranked number nine. It's the heavyweight division. You know, do we need to see Derek Trezora versus Tyson Fury three? Probably not. You know, let's, let's not sit here and, you know, make something out to be something it's not, um, but it is happening. I know not everyone's going to flock towards it, but what what are your thoughts on it, Rob? Um, in what aspect? I mean, in terms of the actual, is it something you're looking forward to or something you'll you'll watch? I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll watch it. Um, because I'm a sucker for any big event, really. Um, whether if you said to me he's going to come out of retirement and fight Derek Chisora a couple of months ago, yeah. I'd have laughed. I'd have laughed because just because of the things he was saying. And I know it, you have to take it with a, a pinch of salt, but it was 500 million at one point. It was, <laughs> I'll fight Wembley at Wembley against Joshua for free. Um, and now he's fighting Derek Chisora outdoors with no roof in December. So <laughs> you just can't predict what the guy's going to do. Well, will I watch it? Yes. Um, will I enjoy it? Probably. I, I, um, but... Not. I mean, Rob, and, and it's it's for the sporty song listeners as well, because obviously with this podcast, we try and make a show of it and we try and cover all boxing news events. But I think I can talk for everyone here. The last couple of months or certainly three weeks of boxing has just been shit. Absolutely yeah. Yeah, and 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 you know, uh, when we're sitting on this podcast talking to each other about boxing, which I thoroughly enjoy, and talking to the sporty song listeners, you know, when we're talking about this madness that has happened over the last couple of weeks with boxing. And I mentioned the words, Derek, you know, Tyson Fury versus Derek Chisora, you know, you, you do feel slightly exasperated because we're just being fed so much crap through social media from the boxers directly. It, where, where does it stop and when does it stop? Because it, it's ultimately, and quote me if I'm wrong here, Rob, but very boring and tedious, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if you, this is just uh, what you've just said there, just brought something to mind, but I don't know if um, if you remember what we were discussing a few weeks ago when people were talking about boxing myths and that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, and there was a guy, who, I can't remember who it was now, but he, he sent a long tweet reply and it was along the lines of, um, boxing is, is not a sport, professional boxing, it's a business. And like, how much has that rung true the last few weeks? Um, you know, where fights not getting made, drugs tests, f- fights potentially going ahead after a after a failed drugs test. It's 
it's just bollocks at times. Um, and it was so refreshing. The Shields Marshall was was a a very good moment in a bad period, wasn't it? And um, yeah, it's just I'm just getting very frustrated with it because you have high hopes of all these fights happening, and there's always something that seems to get in the way. And I'm, yeah, I mean, it, it will always happen um, unless there's less promoters, less broadcasters. It will always happen, and and that's it's just going to get worse, in my opinion. And it was quite funny because you you said you know. Alex, you've been to this press conference and, and I just realised as I was talking, I was thinking, you know, what am I talking about? You know, it is. I was there. It was a big occasion, but to me, it's almost like a circus. And we're, we're almost seeing the sort of, you know, the, the, the blood and guts of boxing. In, in, and what I mean by that is we're seeing the underbelly and it's it's all a bit ugly, isn't it, underneath? Mm. And it's, it's sad. We are going to talk later on in the podcast um about sort of you know york hall fights and that sort of stuff and when you see fights like that and liam davis coming up fighting for the european title and like you said clarissa shields versus marshall it does really when you hear about those fights and when they're coming it gives you more sort of hope for boxing doesn't it but you know when we've got this circus with uh tyson fury and um connor ben recently being exposed as a someone who you know Takes... Failed a test, we'll say. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it does leave you a little bit exasperated, and especially when you do something like a boxing podcast like us, you know, and we're stuck here trying to get enthusiastic about these these events when really and truly we are looking at it's clearly like a bit of a circus, isn't it? Yeah. I'll tell you one person I am chuffed for is Derek Chisora. Like he's won the lottery, and he, um, you know, people keep writing him off. Um, you know, yes, he won his last fight, um, and he didn't win many in the build-up to that. He's won the lottery, hasn't he? He's, he's going to end up earning a, a shit ton of money. Um, this could be his last fight at Tottenham Stadium. Brilliant. Brilliant yeah. for him. But it's no good for the 50, 60,000 who are potentially going to be going. Um, I, to be fair, probably more than that. I think it'll sell out. But um, how that wasn't put in Cardiff, by the way, um, if you wanted to do it, stick it under a roof. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for for one thing is is absolutely you know it's, oh, it's, it's beautiful. And in it, it's it's very yeah. impressive. It's going to be a great atmosphere. But yeah, I mean, touching on that sport, this song, listeners, you know, Rob's just infused us with some hope there, and <laughs> and, and and rightly so. You know, Derek Chisora is in for a decent payday. So there we. Go. <laughs> one thing to take for it. Now, listen, Rob, we, we we had to touch on those fights and that madness. I know we don't like to. We like to try and stick to the boxing because that's ultimately what we're what we're here for. But there is a mm. lot of good boxing coming up over the you know the closing end of this year, isn't there? Mm. Uh, one standout uh, boxer for me this year has been Adam Azim. He's just been explosive, fun exuberant isn't he and he's uh it's great to see him out one one more time before the end of the year isn't it yeah um i just want to see more um i, I just don't feel like we've seen enough of him because as soon as he gets someone hurt in the first or second round it's over isn't it so um yeah. rylan charlton will probably I say probably um i would expect him to give azim a few more rounds um but probably no more than that i i, I think that um azim is a is special talent and I think that will come through. Um, obviously, Charlton was probably most recently known for uh, being in the final of the um, boxer series where he got beat by uh, Dylan Chima. So, um, yeah, I, I just think we're going to have to move Azim quickly. And I know you, you're you a big fan of him as well, but he is so young. So maybe they don't have to move him quickly. But 
for the sake of his improvements in the ring, he's, they're probably going to have to, aren't they? I think so. I think so. And it, it, this particular fight against Ryan, Ryland Charlton, I mean, I, I want to go and watch it because I think it's just going to be fantastic. We know what Ryland Charlton brings. and He's I, tough. I, yeah, he's tough. And I, and I think it's going to be a good... Uh, a good test for Adam Azim. Now, an- another fight popping up on the cards is um, for the IBF um, world title with Sonny Edwards. Mm. And what are we making of that one? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's underwhelming, but it's underwhelming because of the fights that we wanted to see him in. Um, I mean, Martinez seems to have ducked Sonny Edwards, if I'm honest. Um, whatever you think of Sonny Edwards on Twitter, in and out of the ring, just for the boxing, I think Martinez ducked him. Um, there seemed to be a lot of discussion about that happening, whether it be here, Mexico, wherever. Um, and that didn't, it just disappeared. And I've seen a few articles where Sonny said about Eddie Hearn just disappearing on him um, because obviously he's promote, he promotes Martinez. Um, for what it's worth, I, I, I thought Sonny would make Martinez look silly. Um, I just think he'd have too much for him. Um, the fight I want to see is the, the Bam Rodriguez fight next year. Uh, but mandatories like this um, are important um, and are the stepping stones towards those big fights, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And and the, the guy he's fighting, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but um, I'm not sure if you've got it written down. But um, I tell you what, he now comes to fight. I've watched a couple mm. of his last fights and he really is a, a, an aggressive come forward fighter. So it's not, I, I don't think it's all going to be Sonny Edwards way, but you made a very good point in the week, uh, Rob. You said, you know, Sonny Edwards does his thing, doesn't he? He sort of yeah. um, he, he's very elusive, very hard to hit, and he's he scores those rounds. He's he's, he's an extremely good boxer, isn't he? So uh... well, when when he won the world title, um, I thought it was one of the best performances from a from a British fighter in a while um, against a seasoned um, a seasoned champion who who had been <laughs> champion for years. Um, I just think he would would have done the same to uh, to Martinez. Uh, I, I really do. Um, there's a lot of talk about about Alvarado, who is fighting Felix Alvarado, um, highly ranked. And at the end of the day, he took the fight. Um, there are other fighters who don't go anywhere near Sonny Edwards. To be fair, so this guy has has got the bollocks to take the fight anyway. Um, gone into the lion's den. Uh, obviously, Sonny's not originally from Sheffield, but um, that that's where he's. Spent a you lot. Know, yeah, that's where he is now. That's where he's um, based. Um, so, you know, hats off to him. But I, I just don't see past a very wide, conclusive, unanimous decision. I really don't. Um, but it's it's all all roads lead to Bam Rodriguez for me. I think so too. But um, you, you mentioned his name, Felix um, Alvarado. Alvarado. Yeah. You know, if, if you get a chance to have a little look at him, he he, he does bring the fight. So um, hopefully he will... he does he does but and, and but he won't get into a firefight with Sonny Edwards. That's the thing. Um, Sonny's very elusive, barely gets hurt. You know, comes out with very little marks on him, doesn't he? Um, yeah. That that's his style. Whether you like it or not, or you know, it's it's not for everybody, but it's effective. Yeah, no, you are right. Now, Rob, is there anything else we need to look at before we move on to the Fight Town podcast? Um, obviously we've got there's, there's a couple of shows coming up. Um. I was quite intrigued by the Alfie Warren show. Um, obviously, oh, yeah. he's teamed up with um, with with Nielsen um, in terms of um, 
you know, getting a few of the fighters out on on those cards before Christmas as well. Um, Jack McGann's back out, obviously headline Liverpool, the show that we went to in um, a couple of months ago. Uh, so it's good to see him back out at your call. Yeah, no, that, and that was a fantastic night in Liverpool, wasn't it? And it's uh, it is great to see um, Jack McGann back out fighting before the end of the year, isn't it? It'd be uh, brilliant, yeah. Being back in the ring again, and at your call. Yeah, and and headlining that is Casey Kadami and um, Ajaz Ahmed. Four. Wow. <laughs> so you don't see that very very often. And you, um, wasn't you? Pardon. You, you was at three, wasn't you? I, I was. Um, three was on the Liam Davis, um, Mark Leach undercard. Um, brilliant fight. All three of them were. Um, yeah. In preparation for going to that, I watched the first two back and just all so tight. And I, I mean, I, I thought it was funny that two fighters who've only had about 20 fights between them were in a trilogy, let alone yeah. four, four fights. But the styles gel. And I'd watch it six, seven, eight times, to be honest, mate. Just brilliant, brilliant fights. Um for I think it's the British flyweight title or or, or super flyer, forgive me, on which I think it's flyweight. Um, but yeah, um, very much looking forward to that. Um, I don't know where it goes either, to be honest. But it's for the British title again. Fantastic, and you, you cannot beat those nights. And yeah, you're right in saying it's Alfie Warren for WBM, I believe, which Correct. is. Uh, Warren Boxing Management, who work alongside Nelson Boxing, who we're going to come on to very shortly in the Fight Town podcast. Now, Rob, anything before you go away on your holidays? No, I, I think we're good. We've covered everything there. Um, plenty to come, you know, plenty, plenty to come. Obviously, we're meeting up at Telford soon for, for that show, which is going to be great. Um, it, it looks like um, Avanesian isn't going to be on the card, though, anymore. Uh, I, I believe that he's got he's got the He's got the, the Crawford fight, right? Yes, it looks like So, him. unless Crawford's coming to Telford, <laughs> I very much doubt that. I can imagine we can put him up in the travel lodge. Oh, my God, could you imagine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, listen, Sport this Song uh, listeners, uh, like Rob said, we are going to be coming back uh, later on the next couple of weeks to bring you more boxing content and also the podcast. Uh, but we are going to move on to the Fight Town podcast with Nilsson Boxing. Let's go. Let's do it. Welcome to Fight Town Podcast, where we are going to be previewing Nilsson Boxing Fight Town on the 5th of November this Saturday, aren't we, Rob? It's going to be a fantastic night of boxing, isn't it? Yeah, mate, it's packed as well. Um, a lot of 50-50s, a couple of debuts. Yeah, it's going to be decent. Yeah, it is. It, uh, like you said, it, it is a packed card for anyone looking to go down there this Saturday night. And the fight at the top of the bill, I think we're OK to suggest this now, is Tommy Jacobs versus Bo Reynolds. And we are going to speak to both fighters later on in the podcast. But just to touch on it, what a fantastic fight for Saturday night, Rob. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think um, I know they're, you know, slightly different ages. I think, um, you know, they'd agree with that. Um, they're both relative novices, really, as, as professionals. So to go into this sort of fight at your call, up towards the top of the bill, 50-50, I, I rate it. I really do. And I wish more fighters would do it. Um, that that record is protected too much at times by um, fighting journeymen who, you know, journeymen serve their purpose. But I, I love this. Absolutely love it. Absolutely agree, Robert. And we have spoken many times 
on the podcast um, suggesting that, you know, you, you get some fighters who are 16 and 0 and you look at the, the resume and they really haven't fought anyone. But these two, hats off to them because they are at the stages where they are, that they could be looking to build their records, but they've brushed that to the side and they're just going to get in there and it's going to be all out war and a fantastic fight, isn't it, for, for any boxing fans going down on Saturday night? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Clash of styles. I know you've you've seen uh, Bo in the flesh. Um, we've watched Tommy's performance back from last time when he got back to winning ways. Um, I think, uh, yeah, fireworks on bonfire night. I think you mentioned to me earlier. <laughs> yeah, and, and just touching on those styles uh, for podcast listeners, Tommy Jacobs has got one of those beautiful sort of lowered hands, flashy southpaw style. The one when you they almost sort of egg the person on to, you know, thrust a jab out of them. And, and, and it's just, it's great, great to watch. Very entertaining. And, and Bo Reynolds is, again, is, is a southpaw with a very rangy jab and, and sort of dangerous uppercut. So it's it's going to be full on. And, and like we said, Rob, uh, just before, we are going to speak to both boxers. So uh, Fight Town podcast listeners, we will come on to more about that fight later on. But what else have we got on the bill uh, Saturday night, Rob. Yeah, what's because your fancy, mate? Which ones have you um, been eyeing up this week? Well, I, I was taking a look at Louis Horn, who fights in the lightweight division. Mm. Um, he's, he's a very, very good boxer to watch, orthodox style. Um, and he fights he fights uh, out in Essex, and he's coached by Mark Tibbs. So he's definitely mm. one to, to keep an eye on. Um, he's fighting yeah. Michael Mooney, which who has a particularly... He has one of those records that when you look at it, it's almost quite astonishing. I agree. I agree. Um, this is his 97th fight. How, how amazing is that? Um, you know, this is what this is what I meant earlier about journeyman serving their purpose. What a, what a servant of a sport, you know. Um, he's approaching 100 fights. Um, you know, yes, he's, he's won, you know, 10% of his fights. Um, he's lost a lot, but he's very rarely stopped. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for, for Louis Horn to go in. He's only 2-0 and just to learn. Just go in there, learn. If he gets a stoppage, great, because it will look great against a very tough guy. But if he doesn't, it's rounds in the bank. It's um, it's a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. And and like we've uh, said before on the podcast, you know, rounds in the against these types of fighters can be very very valuable and it's it, it's a tough fight going in against someone like michael mooney because he ain't going to be moved easy and, it, and like you just touched on robbie it'll be a chance for louis horn to really show his skills and uh, what he's learned from mark tibbs in the gym and uh, put it out there in the ring on uh, saturday the 5th uh, absolutely yeah it should be an interesting fight um who else have we got we've got hannah bagley in, yeah it's patricia patricia gonzalez uh, it mm. should be an interesting one for hannah shouldn't it yeah, um, she's been so unlucky. Um, I, I don't know if you follow her on social media, but you know, I've I've kept up to speed with the last twelve months really, and she should be on her fourth, fifth, sixth fight by now. Um, yeah. and she's only had a couple because the amount of times that this, this poor girl has had fights pulled, shows pulled. Yeah. Very, very unlucky off the back of COVID. So um, she'll be chuffed to get in at your call um, and, and get back to winning ways as well because um, she unfortunately lost her second fight. So um, she'll be looking to get get some get some momentum going again, I think, especially after not just after a loss, but also after, you know, a, a tough period personally in terms of getting, getting a fight. 
Yeah, and, and I agree with you, Rob. And and like we all know, like we've said many times, is you know, in boxing, uh, especially in the pro game, it's all about momentum. And I'm sure if we spoke to Hannah Bagley now, she would say that she just wants to get in there and box and, you know, keep up the fights maybe towards the end of the year and into next year. And she can do that with Nielsen boxing. We've seen this year that they, you know, they're one of the busiest, if not the business, busiest UK uh, promoter. They've had an extreme amount of shows this year. So mm. she's in good hands with Nielsen boxing. And if she wants to be active and keep the momentum going, she can, can't she? Definitely. Definitely. And she'll, she will keep busy um, with Nielsen because like you say, they're, I mean, they're, schedule this year has been stacked absolutely ridiculous isn't it um they've had a lot of shows um in the sort of south central area loads at your call and that will only continue next year and um you know if she can make a good statement then i'm sure she'll get booked again yeah and um, we did mention um just at the beginning of of the fight town podcast rob that uh the top of the bill tommy jacobs and Bo Reynolds, but we've got an, another fantastic fighter, uh, equally as entertaining in Johnny, <laughs> who's coming up against Pavel Garage. Um, it's it, for Johnny. I, 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 I would, you know, we haven't spoken to him recently, but it's about keeping active for him, isn't it? Yeah, um, great value when we had him on last time, wasn't he? Oh. Um, and talks very well i mean um, we've spoken a few times haven't we about um, his little call out after his uh, after his last victory a very quick victory as well um he wants that southern area title doesn't he um and yeah i think this is going to be another step towards that yeah absolutely and and if you look at johnny ward at the moment he is 4 and 0 oh. Um, his last three opponents, um, he's he's stopped. He's he's on a he's like a wrecking ball at the moment, mm. isn't he? and uh, Pavel Garaj hasn't been stopped uh, for over a year. And in around sort of about sixteen fights, he's not an easy opponent to stop as such. So no, no, it, absolutely not. I, I I do think it's going to be attack versus defense though. Um, yeah. For for however long this lasts, because. Um, like you say, Johnny's on a crest of a wave. He's got this momentum knockout after knockout. His last knockout was in around 90 seconds, which is just a joke. <laughs> um, and then you've got Pavel uh, Garage, who, um, yes, he's he's got a you know a heavy losing record, but he's only ever been stopped once. And like you said, that was a while ago. So this is going to be a tough guy for Johnny to crack. And if he does, it's a good statement. Um, and you never know, he might call out Mr. Weber again. Yes, indeed. <laughs> With Johnny Ward, you know, he is riding the crest of a wave. He's got this exuberating confidence, which is boxer. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it's going to be a tough fight against Pavel Garage. If you look at who he's been in with over the years, he's been in with Bradley Ray, uh, Denzel Bentley, to name a couple of people. So yeah. he knows a boxing ring when he sees one. So it's not good. A British ring as well. So it, it, it shouldn't, it's not going to go automatically all Johnny Ward's way. But like you said, this could be a statement evening for Johnny Ward, couldn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And um, yeah, he, he just wants to start picking up some belts. Um, the good thing is he's very active as well. Uh, and, you know, we've spoke to a number of fighters um, via Nielsen over the last few months, haven't we? And um, they're all talking about having activity and Nielsen are providing it for them. So um, long may that continue. Yeah, absolutely agree. And Fight Town podcast Listeners, uh, like we mentioned earlier on, we are going to be speaking to Kieran Flanagan, Tommy Jacobs and Bo Reynolds after we've previewed Saturday's fight. Now, Rob, is there, is there any other fights we want to take a look at? Well, we always love the idea of a 
a debut at your call, don't we? Um, we spoke to a few people on the presses um, where this has happened and Tyler Chambers has that honour on Saturday. Um, he's going to McCall Sampson, who has a very misleading record. Um, he's he's four and 12. Um, so, you know, he's, he's lost, um, you know, three quarters of his fights. But get this, right? So he only he only won one of his first 12 fights, right? So he was one and 11, but he's won his last three. So I don't know where this form has come from um, for, for Carl Sampson, but it's a, it's not a great, a great time for Tyler to do his debut on. So it's going to be, it's going to be tougher than Carl's um, record suggests. And um, yeah, if he can get through Carl on Saturday, that's, that's a great opening to your pro career. Yeah, and it's very interesting that the matchmaking, we did have a great insight uh, last year with Kyle, yeah. And and it was uh, so intriguing to see, you know, at this particular level, when you're looking at boxers who are are quite fresh to the pro game, how difficult it is to get these fights on. And when you look at this packed card coming up and people like Tyler Chambers who are making their debut, it's hats off to people like Carl and matchmakers who actually get these shows rolling, basically, isn't it? But Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Chambers, now another fight I want to look at uh, is Robert Casewell, who's fighting at Super Featherweight, I believe, against the Betcher. Giga Lashfully, have I pronounced Well that? done, well done. There we go, I've done something right on the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, w- when you look at Robert Casewell, he's, uh, he's a very classy boxer and it's going to be interesting to see him uh, back out his 4-0. and In the featherweight division, as we well know in the UK, is absolutely on fire at the moment. We've spoken about it quite a lot on the, on the podcast over the uh, last couple of months, haven't we? And it's uh, Yeah, feather, super feather, brilliant, yeah. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on against Kvetcha. It's his um, it's his first time at your call as well. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. So that that be that be great for him. An interesting fight. And and uh, any other fights we will take a look at, Rob? Before we move on to talk to Kieran Flanagan, um, the James Hawley fight. Look, I, I love a fight where you've got a prospect coming through um, who's seeking a first KO, and I love it when they go in with a journeyman who have a very tough record and, and very rarely get stopped. It's kind of something has to give. I, lo- I love those kind of fights. And they're great for, um, you know, the progression of of, an, of a, you know, a relatively novice fighter. Yeah. Um, I know James is 7-0, and but, um, you know, we'll be looking to kick on next year. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, get, get Brian Wayne out of there on Saturday. Yeah, will be interesting. And I believe you've got uh, James Hawley and Harry Mullins who are fighting. I think they both fight out of... Bromley Boxing Club, which is yeah, that's right. James obviously seeking his first KO, yeah, yeah, and and Harry Mullins as well at flyweight against Marius um, Viviv- Vivivinus. Have I got that? Oh, one? I'll give you that one. <laughs> um, yeah, but both fighters fighting out of uh, Bromley Boxing Club might be one for us to visit, but um, they, they seem to be churning out some uh, decent boxers. I'm sure they have done over the past years as well. But uh, quite recently, they've been churning out some uh, some good names out of Bromley Boxing Club. So that should be interesting, shouldn't it? Yeah, brilliant. So all in all, great card. Um, you know, I, I love it when um, some of the um, sort of non-televised shows are getting the female boxers on as well. Um, I'm a big fan of that. Um, you've got prospects, you've got 50-50s, you've got gatekeeper fights. Love it. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yep. You're going you're gonna to get yourself down there? I should hopefully this Saturday be getting myself down there. And also just to touch on before we move on and speak to Kieran Flanagan, uh, Rob, Jack Henty, who is 2-0 super. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. He's the Welling Warrior. And his last fight, he had a TKO stoppage against Henrik Harak. Um, 
super welterweight division, as we well know, again, just to touch on it in the UK at the moment, is absolutely flying, isn't it? With uh, oh, Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, but, you know, fighters like uh, Troy Williamson, Liam Smith. Uh, Josh Kelly. Josh yeah. Kelly, yeah. It's a great division to be in. And it, it'd be interesting to see uh, Jake Henty sort of move up those ranks, won't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, area first, you know, um, one step at a time. But, um, you know, he only made his debut 12 months ago um, and he's getting good experience at your call as well. I believe every fight he's had has been at your call so far. So um, that is definitely going to stand him in good stead. Um, interesting, though, for Jake, he's, he's up against um, a debutant. Um, you never quite know how that's going to go, whether you're going to fight, be up against the next you know, experienced journeyman or the next world champion. You just don't know, do you? Very true. Casey uh, Bradnam, I believe. That's correct, yeah. His debut at the York Hall this Saturday on the 5th of November. Just to touch very quickly, Rob, I believe Jordan Dujon and Jack McGann also fight in that same division with Nielsen Boxing. So uh could be interesting. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. And we know Jack McGann is out later on in in this year again, so it'd be good to yeah. see him fighting. But Jack Henty uh, this Saturday. One more fight just to touch on before we speak to Kieran Flanagan is Kate Radomska is fighting mm-hmm. against uh, Yvette Garcia. Yep, rematch. Um, last time out was very close, so I can see why um, I think it was... Um, 76, 77, so around in it. So I can understand why they're they're putting these these two ladies um you know back back in together. Um last time out, um Kate fought Jamie Roog, who um you may remember she was on one of the televised shows recently, the Savannah Marshall undercard. So yeah. you know, good name, good name. Um but um yeah, she'll be looking for a good return against the previous opponent. Yeah, fantastic. And Fight Town podcast listeners, uh, Saturday night, 5th of November at the York Hall with Nielsen Boxing. It's going to be a great night at boxing. We are going to speak to Kieran Flanagan, who fought in Oxford recently. And then that headline event with Tommy Jacobs and Bo Reynolds. We have both boxers coming up next. Right, welcome to the next part of the Fight Town podcast, where we have Kieran Flanagan on the show to talk about his last couple of fights and what is in store for the future. Kieran, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, cheers, Kieran. Good to have you on, Paul. Yeah, thank you, boys. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, first and foremost, uh, I think we mentioned it just before you came on, but congratulations on that victory. Mm. How, how how was the night and how was the fight? How did it go? Uh, yeah, do you know what? It was, uh, it was better than as of planned, including the crowd and the home crowd. It was really, really, uh, a really enjoyable night from start to finish. Superb. And obviously, you, I, I believe you were born in Oxford, mate. And, uh, you know, obviously from, from the area still, um, fighting locally must have meant a lot, especially after, you know, the first show in generations. I think it was 60 years since Oxford yeah, put a pro fight on. Six, yeah, I think it was 63 years, I believe. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I didn't realise it was that long um, since the last pro show in Oxford. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, really, for such a, you know, a sporting city, a very famous sporting city. But um, it surprised me as well, the, the long, you know, yeah. like, hopefully it's not another 60 years. No, yeah, hopefully not. Uh, when, I signed, <laughs> when I signed with um, Nielsen, I, uh, they did say to me uh, that they would do a show in Oxford. And I think it was not far off the year to when I signed, um, the, the date was actually announced. Uh, Mark said he'd do a show in Oxford and then it come through and I was like, just what you need. 
Absolutely. Fantastic. Kieran, just a quick one, and obviously not to cover over the cracks. I was there for your debut at York Hall, and obviously it didn't go quite to plan. Um, to get back up and get back in the... Uh, back in the gym and you know back in the ring in oxford was it an actual you know real relief to finally get that first victory uh yes it was it was a big it was it wasn't as such as a hard getting back in because i knew exactly what me and my coach luke keller had to go back to the gym and worked on and we had done that um we learned it was more of it was more of an eye-opener to the pro game my debut the build-up uh, the ticket selling, it was a very big eye-opener for me to the professional game. Yeah, and, and on that note, I, I can't remember who we were speaking to on the podcast, but, you know, fighting at the York Hall in front of a big Nelson boxing crowd, you know, you don't realise the prestigiousness of that, you know, that place. And for your debut, it, it's obviously quite a nerve-wracking place to go in there and showcase your skills on your debut. Yeah, don't get me wrong, it is the home of professional boxing and it's only until you embrace the venue it's really daunting on you of the size and the the way the venue set out itself mm. it was yeah. it was a it was a dream dream come true to make it a york and i just couldn't turn it down when they yeah. said york or it was just one of them things you make your debut at york or it's amazing yeah Absolutely. And you mentioned there, Kieran, that you had to, you know, you knew exactly what you had to do between your first and second fights to to prepare. Um, can I ask, you know, what, what those preparations were and, um, you know, did uh, did any preparations change sort of, um, you know, physically, mentally between the two fights? Uh, yeah, there was a few things. Um, me and my coach went back to the gym and worked on um, week in, week out. Just little things, hand positioning and just general, just general boxing skills. Uh, that we watched back, we studied back and watched the debut and what where we went wrong and what happened. Um, and we, I brought in a new strength coach and just just tried to fill up a bit of featherweight um, in general. But to go back to the gym and work on certain things with Luke, like I did, and we could see we've now watched back the second fight that the improvements were there. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic, Kieran. And you, know, you mentioned, obviously, just before we started about um, the flyweight and, and that particular division. Do you, how do you find making weight at flyweight? And is there any plans to move to any... Uh, featherweight, uh, I was eating... Uh, I had two meals before my weigh-in. Um, I make featherweight really, really easily. Um, it's never, ever been a struggle to make featherweight. So I believe um, I want to have a big year uh, next year four or five fights and I believe we will be moving down to Super Bantam. Hey, but those those weight divisions, I mean, you see it all the time at all levels, but um, there isn't a, a massive difference is there, between the weight divisions and and you do see fighters move up and down. Um, do you think long-term that may be something that you consider, especially yeah, when you no, get towards titles? Yeah, no, definitely at Super Bantam, maybe Bantam um, for a title, I, I think I'll be able to get down to that um, comfortably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh, know it makes perfect sense. Um, do you think? Um, uh, do you think Oxford's going to sort of hold some more shows going forward? Um, I hope must have so. meant a lot. Must have meant a lot to you the and the lads. That place, I hope. I hope so because the crowd in that place was it was heaving in there, and it was so such a good feeling. You were all local lads, weren't you? Yeah, there was four of us on, um, and we were all local to Oxford. Uh, there was me. Jordan Flynn lives just literally two minutes down the road. Um, <laughs> 
Bradley Townsend, I believe, originally is from Norway, which is just five minutes down the road, and then Tom out in Whitney. Fantastic. And uh, just to touch on on your victory again, Kieran. Again, congratulations. But Nabil Ahmed, who you thought is no is no brush over, is he? He, he no, no, definitely not lose. And what was it like in there with him? Was it was it a tough fight? How did you find it? Uh, no, it was it was a tough fight. He, he was a game opponent. Um, he didn't come to lie down. He was a game opponent, and um, I just stuck behind my jab, and that's what me and my coach worked on: is just getting beyond the jab and working from there. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think um, I think I remember on your debut, your call, I was actually there watching the fight. I think that um, you, you used the jab fantastically in the first couple, uh, round or two, and then you just sort of lost your way with that. But that can happen in the debut, and as we all know, some of the best fighters get off to the worst starts, don't they? Yes, no, yeah, no, definitely. There is some big names that if you'd look back on the likes of Johnny Nelson, um, if you look at his record and his first three, I believe, I think it is that he lost, and look at look where he went on to go on and achieve exactly and 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 you know looking back at it as well it wasn't a heavy defeat was it it was just one of those one of those nights and you just got caught with it but what's the future looking like for kieran flanagan any more fights coming up this year uh, nothing nothing uh towards the end of this year i want to push on and have a big year um nielsen's as always got a stacked year next year um they're really really busy so there'll be plenty of opportunities um on shows run this way for me to get on um i will be sitting down and having a, a chat with my team uh, and planning out the bu- busy next year ahead you mentioned about wanting to be um, to be busy and be active next year kieran um how many fights ideally would you be hoping to to have a look at next year uh, to push on for four or five um nice. and then we'll see where we are from there what about four rounds five, um do you do you think you'll be getting into six and eight rounders by the end of the year yeah no definitely be pushing yeah. on for six or eight rounders towards the end of the year no 100 percent Brilliant. Hopefully in Oxford, eh? Yeah, no, hopefully hopefully they come back to Oxford. Um the crowd the crowd was good there. It was a good good atmosphere in there. Uh hopefully to try and find a bit of a bigger venue also. I know it was at the home of um Oxford United Football Stadium. Yeah. But a bit of a bigger venue would um be ideal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, fantastic, Kieran. Kieran, um, it's it's going to be great watching watching your career. You've already shown so far that your your fights are full of excitement, and you're you're learning the track. All the best for you for the future, and uh, hope you'll come back and uh, see us on Sport to Fight Town podcast. No, yeah, definitely. Thanks very much for having me. No, yeah, cheers, Kieran. Much, come on Thank after you. a couple more fights, mate, and we'll uh, yeah, no, we'll catch definitely up. be a big year next year, and uh, there'll be a lot more to talk about. Lovely. Cheers, Kieran. Cheers. Thanks very much, lads. Cheers, pal. Right. Podcast listeners, we are now going to move on to the main event, which is coming up on the 5th of November this Saturday for Nelson Boxing. And we have got two of the boxers to speak to uh, this evening coming up now. Right, Fight Town podcast listeners, we just spoke with Kieran Flanagan uh, who has just had a victory in his second professional fight. Now we come on to the 5th of November, which is Nielsen Boxing Fight Fight Town. Um, and we have Tommy Jacobs, who is fighting the headline on this fight against Bo Reynolds. Tommy Jacobs, welcome to Fight Town Podcast. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's great to have you on ahead of this big fight coming up on Saturday night. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, Joe, well, I cannot wait. I'm a, I'm really excited about the fight. And until you just said then, I didn't realise it was the headline. I thought there was a couple of title fights on there. 
No, I believe you have been pushed forward to the headlining fight of the night, and I believe it's well worthwhile as well. It's going to be a fireworks between you and uh, Bo Reynolds, isn't it? Well, it's the, it's the right night for fireworks, so yeah, it's going to go down well. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Tommy, just to just go back to your previous fight, um, if we may. Um, I know yep. we had you on the um, the presser beforehand, and I know you were really eager to get back to winning ways, and, and you did. Um, talk us through that, mate, six valuable rounds. Yeah, exactly that. It was six six rounds I needed under my belt, back under the lights, boxing in front of a crowd again, rather than just aspiring in the gym. And um, it, yeah, it, it was a bit of a routine victory, and um, but it, it was a very valuable one. Six important rounds. I'm without saying like I did. You know I mean, it's one of them that you, if I would have just started going through the gears, I could have probably got rid of him. But that's not what it was about. It's about getting rounds under my belt. Six professional rounds, which I haven't completed yet. So it was a, a, a brilliant victory for myself. Yeah, well done. Yeah, and, and you, you know yourself, Tommy, all, all too well that it's so valuable to get those rounds under your belt, especially in preparation for someone like Bo, who, who can be quite active and quite explosive in there. Have you been trying for that style of fight? Yeah, no, exactly that. So... um. Sorry, I'm just moving away from the speedball because I've got people punching it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly that. It's very important to get them six rounds under my belt and um, competitive rounds, albeit last like, a bit of a routine performance. But yeah, very happy to get them done and uh, get that all-important W. Yeah. Have you have you ever um, crossed paths with Bo at all, whether in sparring or in the gym or anything like that? No, I haven't. No, um, no, not at all. Um, no, obviously, I, I don't really know too much about him. I know he had his debut on a, the same show that um, I lost on to his teammate. And then I know he's boxed again since then. Yeah, he's, He picked up a draw, but he's remained undefeated. Um, it's, listen, it's, it's, what, it's another day at the office. I'm a fighter. It's what I do. And um, I just can't wait to get in there. Brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, for, for my mind, looking at both of you, uh, I both enjoy your, 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 how you both fight as boxers. And it, uh, it's, I hate to say the cliche, Tommy, but it's a real nice clash of styles in there. You've got yourself, uh, you're both southpaws, I believe, but you yep. just thick, lower hand stance with a flashy style. And you know who's very come forward fighter is. Have you looked at his fights to see how you're going to take, take him on? Um, do you know what? No, I haven't. I haven't. I've, I had a, a brief look on YouTube um, against his, his first one against um, Sebastian Voishan. I had a brief look at that, and then um, I saw I saw the next fight briefly again. I watched a round or so of each. Um, that was about it, if I'm honest. And um, I've I've just been concentrating on myself because regardless of who you're in there with. Like until you get in there with them, you can't you can't take too much from videos. Like I I know he might box a certain way or whatever, but if he's going to do that against me, it's going to be a completely different ballpark because that to be fair, he's not going to have been in with anyone like myself. The the way that I box and the style that I bring, probably it's probably pretty hard to find a bit. I mean, an awkward southpaw. Like you say, low low guard and all that. It's, it's probably not come across many inspiring. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I know you won't be overlooking Bo this weekend, Tommy. But um, you know, move, moving forward, are you looking to move quite quickly? Get quite busy next year. What are your plans? I'm I'm fighting eighteen days later. <laughs> I'm fighting Brilliant. the 28th of November. So fantastic. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm not overlooking anyone, and I never ever will. But yeah, I've, I've got another fight already booked in, ready to go. And um, like the the key the key to me is staying busy. If I can stay busy, yeah. then the my main thing is keeping weight down. That's mm. that's that's my hardest opponent is the scales. So yeah. if I can stay busy, then I'll stay super fit and I'll stay on top of the weight, and then we're all good to go. Yeah. Do you see yourself moving between the divisions as time goes on, mate? Um, whether it be um, you know light or, or super middle. Oh no, yeah. Um, I'm gonna be. I'll be when I when I box titles. I'll be down at light middleweight definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I'm. Listen, listen, let's not have no no questions about it. I'm too small at middleweight. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be at, I'll be at line middleweight when it comes to titles. So, yeah. and I'm and I'm hoping in the early part of the new year, that's when we'll be looking. Fantastic. And and uh, you, you did make me smile there, Tommy. 28 days and you'll be back in the ring again. But like you said, it's about getting active now and keeping those getting the pounds under your belt. And like you said, keeping the weight and, uh, you know, keeping active is the key, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly that. Hold on one sec. One minute left, you lot. Come on, let's go. Last minute. <laughs> tell um, them, Tommy. Yeah. Tell them. For, for me, it's all about keeping active. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm an older person than what I wanted to be. However, the miles ain't on the clock. Yeah. So I'll, I'll treat it like a, like a, like a 20 year old back in the nineties. I mean, I'll fight as often as I can. But by the time I would have had this fight on the end of November, that's three fights in eight weeks I've had. Fantastic, Tommy. Well, all, all I can say to that, Tommy is, is keep going. And as we know, Saturday night is going to be an absolutely explosive night, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, fantastic. Your call again for him as well. Brilliant. Um, you know, being high up on the bill as well. Um, yeah, what an honour. And you know what? Fight Town podcast listeners, we got exclusive, um, a bit of soundbite in that in that gym environment. It's absolutely fantastic, isn't it? And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a great night on, on the 5th of November. Now, I believe, Fight Town podcast listeners, we are going to speak to Tommy Jacobs' opponent, which is Bo Reynolds, which is coming up next. Right, Fight Town podcast listeners, we've just spoken to Tommy Jacobs, who is fighting on Saturday night against Bo Reynolds. And we have Bo Reynolds on the podcast now. Bo, welcome to Fight Town podcast. How are you doing? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Thank you. Excellent. And Rob, you're well, you got anything else to ask Bo before this massive fight on Saturday night? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I bet you're buzzing, you know, right at the top of a card, your call. It doesn't get much better than that, mate. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. I mean, I've, my two previous fights have been at your call. Yeah. Always, always wanted to fight there. And now I can't seem to get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, obviously, time of recording, it's it's Tuesday evening. Um, where are you in times of in terms of ticking over now? Have you got any more training sessions left? Where are you at? Um, I'm still in the gym every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be in the gym all the way till the end now. Um, just ticking over, sharpening up, just going over 
technical little bits. Um, but apart from that, I'm there, mate. The weight, the weight's good. Every everything's where it should be. So ready, ready, ready to rumble now. Fantastic. And Bo, just touching on that with um, fighting at middleweight, you, you are quite a big middleweight. You've got quite a big stature on you. How how do you find uh, sort of uh, hitting that middleweight? Uh, I surprisingly, I make the weight easy, like ridiculously easy. I hate it. Don't get me wrong. I hate <laughs> it. I miss my food massively, but I, I make the weight easy. Yeah, I make the weight easy. Oh, fantastic! And we've just spoken to Tommy Jacobs, as as you probably well know, he's a game opponent. And this fight, really and truly, for boxing fans, is just it's going to be absolute fireworks on bonfire night on the fifth of November. Um and you know how how are you preparing for this one knowing what Tommy Tommy Jacobs brings? It's a bit of a str- it's a bit of a strange one really because all due respect it came out of nowhere. I was in the gym and then we got a phone mm. saying oh Tommy's called you out and I said oh really I said well, let's do it let's have it because, love it because obviously there's a history with obviously my my teammate Bill and 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 the outcome that fight had. Um, so, so he he's called me. So there's a little bit of a little bit of um, sort of, you know, not animosity, but you know, there's a little bit of um, tension there because yeah. it, it, my my teammates beating me, trying to get redemption. I mean, I'm I'm not really involved in in it. I've just I've just been called out, so I've said yes, and there's not nothing more to it really. Mm. Fantastic! It makes for me personally, you know, as a boxing fan. Uh, Bo, it makes for just such an exciting fight. And I, I was listening to a podcast earlier, and sometimes these rich fights and you know, they can be much better and more entertaining than sort of even like world title title fights when people put it all on the line in places like this. It's such great entertainment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when when you think about it, on on on. What well, I've only had two fights, and Tommy's still up and coming. So we're both, we're both, um, we're both sort of novices at, at, at this level. We're both still getting experience. So really, it's a massive fight. Um, it's a massive fight at this level, like the domestic level, and I think it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love it. I love it when two prospects get in a ring at this stage of their career. It just, um, it, it says a lot about them. Yeah, I mean, who wants to be fighting journeymen all the time? But this is th- these 50-50 fights, fights that we want. At your call as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. On firework night. So hopefully there should be a brilliant atmosphere and, and, and we can entertain the fans. That's, yeah. That's it. Now, Bo, just very quickly, just a touch on it. I, I, I was at one of your... I think it might have been your debut fight. And, you, you know, you come out of the blocks explosive and you, you, you'll be the first one to say that, you know, you, you are, you can be drawn into a bit of a fight and brought out of your sort of boxing style into like a bit of a scrap. Is that something you've been looking at or is it just, you know, part of part and parcel of being a fighter? I mean, to be, to be a fighter, you've got to be able to fight regardless. Um some people are boxers, some people are fighters. I I tend to think I'm a uh, I'm a boxer, but I have been drawn into a fight. In my especially in my last fight, I got drawn into a fight um, that I definitely shouldn't have done, and 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 I showed my showed my inexperience and and made very very hard work of it. But 
this time around, I'll be boxing, and that that is when I'm at my best. Yeah. You um you mentioned there about your your last performance and or last result. Um, have you made any adaptations in training um, that uh, could stand you in good stead going into this fight? Mm, yeah, we 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 have made we have made. Cha- I mean, we've we've totally changed uh, our style, and and it's absolutely you know much better for the best. But in terms of the in terms of the last fight, that wasn't anything to do with my my boxing. It was it was just to do with my me mentally. I just I just lost it, and I just didn't compose myself, and I didn't didn't I wasn't me. Um, obviously. I broke my hand in the first round. I got cut in the third round. I got put down in the second round. So a lot went on and it was a lot <laughs> to take in for me at such, so early on in my career. But that, that, that's boxing and that's how you learn. How's the hand? Yeah, yeah, my hand's fine now. It's Good. fine. Um, it's and, just and, things, isn't it, unfortunately? And yeah. just touch on that, bar. I mean, I watched that fight and bloody hell, you know, it just shows you how tough the sport of boxing is, especially when, you know, when you get caught in those, those types of scraps. And he, he, he was a game, game bloke as well, wasn't he? I mean, he, he come to have a scrap as well, didn't he? But like you said, you sort of let him in, didn't you, by get, getting involved in that sort of fight? Yeah, I just as well have, uh, have, have stood there and paid him to hit me, you know. I, I just, <laughs> let, let, just left my hands down and, and just basically exposed myself. But, I mean, it's it, it, it's... It's a learning curve, and that that that's all I took from that fight. I learn, and we come back. I was straight back in the gym, and 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 now we're we we are where we are now, ready for a fifty-fifty. And before before we let you go, can I ask for a prediction? Uh, yeah, obviously I'm gonna win, um, and I I think I'll knock him out. Absolutely, there you go. But listen, I'm telling you, Bo, um, as boxing fans, we cannot wait to see this one. So hats off to you and Tommy for taking this fight because, it, you know, like you said, you could go 10 fights fighting journeymen and people who are going to stand as punk bags. But this is for boxing fans on the York call on the 5th of November. This is going to be a true, true, truly fantastic fight, isn't it? You said it and that's it. And I'm going to I'm going to make my word to make it an entertaining fight for you boys. Yeah, stay stay safe, Bo, and may the best man win. <laughs> Thanks very much. All the best, Bo, and good luck as well. Well, listen, Fight Town uh, podcast listeners, we have come to the end of the podcast, and that leaves us to say that we've spoken to three of the fighters tonight who are going to be fighting on Saturday night. Thanks again for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter and also subscribe to the podcast, and we shall see you on the next one. Take care. <laughs>